Okay, and welcome to episode 8 of the Pixelated Podcast. I'm your host, Nelson, a.k.a. i7x. This is the pixelatedgeek.com podcast. We record Sunday, Monday, whenever we can, uh, every week. This is a podcast all about everything geeky, all about video games, tech, gadgets, internets, you name it. Stuff that we like to read about on the internet all the time and play with. So, today is a party. Everyone decided to come. I mean, we got one of our writers, Andrew, here. He hardly comes, and here he is. We got Bill, we got Marie and her husband, Aaron, and then we got Raul. Holy crap, it's a party. Thank you all for coming. You know what it's almost like? What? It's almost like a pixelated geek squad. Uh, oh, no. Ugh. Yes, that would have been a good segue, but that is one of our topics. Uh, Geek Squad uh, overcharging for... We we all know that they overcharge for a lot of their services, but I think they've gone too far with one of their services, which we'll talk about later. We'll be also talking about Brutal Legend demo that came out recently. Also, another video game... ODST, not sure if you heard about it unless you're living under a rock. Or if you were not if you're not listening to our podcast cuz I talked a lot of shit about it last week. Yes, the ranter. Raul the ranter. And Ion. So, a couple new games and just we're going to hear our thoughts as well as a new TV show called The Cleveland Show, a spinoff from Family Guy, from the same minds of Family Guy. So, yeah, a lot to talk about. Let's just go around the table and see how everyone was doing for the past week. We'll start with Andrew. How you been doing, dude? Uh, pretty good. Just been playing uh, ODST and Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, and that's pretty much been about it. That's your week? That, that was my week. I had to uh, beat two games in a week and write two reviews, so... Kind of buckling down. Was it tough for you? Um, no, because Halo ODST was only four hours, so that was really easy to get through. But Ninja Gaiden, of course, is a little bit unforgiving at times, so that was a little bit more difficult. How was the um the the boob juggly the the boob motion controller thing? You know, I shake the shit out of my controller, and nothing happened. <laughs> so. I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it in there, and I was looking for it, and I, I even, like, shook it like all hell, but nothing happened. Damn it, boobs! Move! Yeah, come on, go! And they just, like, stood... Well, they didn't stand there because, well, she was breathing, so I guess that constitutes jiggling in some form. Uh, I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, Bill, how you been doing this week? I've been doing all right, playing lots of League of Legends, some Ion, of course, Warcraft... And my first week of being laid off, so lots of just lots of gaming. What are you putting most of your time into now? Um, this week it's been a pretty even mix because Ion's new, but it, the typical it'll be mostly Warcraft, about seventy percent Warcraft and a mixture of the rest. All right. Are Are you in a guild? Are you in like a a raiding? I guild? actually did. I just I just joined the a guild of actually another podcast called Rarcast. They have a pretty decently advanced guild. We kick a lot of ass, and I am new over there. Okay, being treated well? Um, They beat me, you know, with the pillowcase full of soap, but other than that, it's pretty decent. 
That's cool. That's cool. Um, gotta go fast. Oh, shit. Here we go. <coughs> I guess that goes to me because what I've been doing for the past week is getting over a flu. And I'm still hacking away on it. Um, ugh. But that was my week. I didn't get to go outside for the past four days, four to five days. I went out once to get ODST because, like, I must get my pre-order. I did get it. I got to play, like, one, probably, like, 15 minutes of, of single-player campaign and then one game of firefight with Andrew. And then my body was like, no, you lay down. And then that was it. It was the weirdest thing. I... For one whole day, I did not look at any screens. Not a computer screen, not an iPhone screen, and not a TV screen. It was that bad. I didn't want to look at anything. Can't imagine never being that bad. Yeah, I couldn't look at... It was the weirdest thing. I was away from keyboard, like, for a whole day. That is weird. Come back to, like, 30 emails. Oh, man. But, yeah, so that was my week. Um, Marie, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, had a busy last week. It was my birthday and my first first uh, wedding anniversary. Happy birthday! Uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, got to start playing Aeon, and uh, had received a lot of stuff to review from Tokyo Pop. I got a bunch of mangas, and I guess maybe some of you saw one of my reviews pass by in the last week or so, and I was planning on doing more reviews, but um, the stuff they sent me is not really stuff that I'd read usually. Um, if, you guys, if you guys want, I can elaborate a bit more. Um, Go for it. I, a, I got did you... Sorry, go did ahead. You get the War- did you get the Warcraft manga from Tokyo Pop? Then they just put a new one no, out. No, they. I guess they knew I already was going to give the give them a good review for it. They gave they sent me stuff that is not really my my style or my type. One of them is called "Cause of My Teacher," and it's a bunch of little short stories about high school boys that have a crush on their male teachers and uh, that actually hook up. With their male teachers, and they actually Only go. In Japan. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I mean, I don't even know if it's actually from Japan itself, but they go, they go very far. You can actually, like, we can, we can, uh, we can uh, use uh, cr- like crude words, right? Yeah. In this podcast, see, yeah. okay. You, at one point, you can even see like the shaft of the penis of one of those boys being touched by their teacher. We don't really see a lot. Of stuff, but I know, anyways, I didn't really no, keep feel going, like keep reading going. that. I stuff. think um, Raul <laughs> is interested. I am oh, not really? interested at all. <laughs> but uh, they sent me a bunch of stuff like that, or really, really girly uh, mangas where uh, the gals just end up naked for stupid stuff. Keep going, I'm interested. Oh, you are? Okay. Oh, so my. <laughs> But it's all about, it, all of them are high school girls or boys hooking up and uh, really either girly or, um, yeah, that's yeah. about it. So that's why I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable reviewing them because I'm not into that stuff at all. And I would give them a bad review because of it. But I might end up reviewing them trying to be as uh, neutral as possible eventually when I, I find a way to review them appropriately. <laughs> All right, well, go ahead and try, but um, 
you know our audience and we don't want to make it like a, a site where people want to, you know, look for that kind of stuff. Uh, stuff. Someone's that's that's yeah. That's why I, I decided to hold on and see how uh, yeah I was going to go about it. Mm -hmm. well, that's good. That's good. And moving on to your husband Aaron, you're not usually on the podcast, but thank you for coming. What you been doing? Oh, well, I got uh, did the pre-order thing with Aeon, and I've been playing that very very fervently over the last week. Um, it's looking to be pretty fun so far. I just got into the abyss uh, two days ago and thoroughly impressed with where the game seems to be going. So, um, oh, I think you and I are going to have opposite reviews of that. I I got a lot to say about it though, so yeah, it should be fun to talk about it a little bit. All right, we'll hold that for the future of the show. And last but not least, the Xbox 360 list, Raul. Okay, that's only for one more week, because if anyone's been following my tragic story of my Xbox dying, um, finally got fixed. Did they say what was wrong with it? Like, you you told them what was up, and they're like, yeah, we know we get a lot of that. Um, I, well, I, see, the thing is, I'm only looking at their, like, automated, like, system. They're just like, we received the console, we're fixing the console, console's fixed, we're sending it back. Oh, okay. Like, that's all they really ever do. They I don't know if they, if they send any, like, you know documentation with it that tells you what was wrong with it um but thankfully microsoft fixed fixed it for free which was really good heard about Did so you have to pay uh, shipping mm, yeah i had to ship it to them but I, I don't have to pay for them to ship it back okay that's good yeah i wonder if it, they'll it, like have a note on it that says our bad <laughs> it used to be they sent you a box and then you sent it back sent it to them in that box i believe uh, it's called a coffin Right? <laughs> yeah, they, they would call it the coffin. They stopped doing that. So I had to pay for my own box. Oh, weak. Yeah, I know, very weak. But, you know, in the meantime, I've been, uh, I've been, I've still been playing wet. I actually went back and started playing 24 the game. Oh. Uh, don't ask me why I'm a big 24 fan, even though the game is very flawed. Uh, I still find a way to enjoy it. Um, and aside from that, pretty much nothing. Dude, I gave you the League of Legends invite. Mm. Yeah, but I've been playing. Oh, I've also been playing Uncharted. Okay. Uncharted, and I have school. Okay, yeah, too many, too many stuff. I, told I have too many things going on. I did play. I did play League of Legends maybe for like one or two rounds and died. So, how many hours is the twenty-four game? Uh, definitely less than twenty-four hours. <laughs> ah, suck. Yeah. Um, I mean, it probably could be twenty-four hours if you really suck at it. But, I mean, you can get through, like, you know, every now and then the time will flash, and it's probably like, like, say, you know, the hour started at 6, and then all of a sudden it's 6.20, even though you've only been playing for 10 minutes. Okay. But, I mean, it's, it's it's a fun game. I've beaten it before. I just, you know, felt a little nostalgic and started breaking out my old PS2 collection. <clears throat> all right. And let's get to our topics. The first one we got... Is brutal legend demo thoughts. Wait, um, one one last thing. I actually also went to go pick up my pre-order of ODST, and it's been sitting on my desk laughing at me. <laughs> but I, all I have to do is wait till Friday because that's the day it's supposed to be delivered. My Xbox is supposed to be delivered. Can we talk now? Yes, now we can talk. Brutal legend. I got to play the demo. I know Andrew played the demo. 
Boot. Anyone else in here? Anyone else in the party play? No. No interest. I, I oh, wanted sorry. to, but the PlayStation 3 demo is not out yet. Alright, so I'll just talk to Andrew on this, but my thoughts was that it rocked and I need to buy the game. Andrew? Uh, pretty much similar thoughts. Uh, I had high hopes for the game after playing uh, Psychonauts and various other Tim Schafer games and just really looking forward to it. Yeah, I felt like all the artwork, all the all the jokes, all the blood, and the and the music was just everything that Jack Black thinks about on a day to day basis. You can tell that it's everything that he kept talking about, and all the developers just wrote notes and notes and notes about this guy and his vision of an old rock world, and it came to life. I mean. I think this is a truly like a Tenacious D video game. Except without the name Tenacious D in it. Yeah, without um, Cage in it. Let's yeah, see. it was actually uh, kind of nice to see Jack Black actually do like uh, another character besides just Jack Black. That was what I liked about it. Eddie the uh, roadie guy or whatever was yeah. just like hysterical. Yeah, it, it was hilarious. And the controls were easy to pick up. Um, the combos are easy to pick up. Hack and slash game with comedy and rock and roll. It, it's, I know, it's awesome. I, I like yeah, it. If yeah, you, if you like that game, you should definitely pick up Psychonauts because that was another uh, gem from the same oh, lines. I, I still need to pick up Psychonauts. I, oh, am so that I haven't like really played much of it, but... But Bill does not like Brutal Legend because of Jack Black. And I'm interested to, learn, interested to hear what your thoughts are on that. My thoughts are simply that Jack Black is one of the most annoying and unfunny human beings to ever walk this planet. Ah, okay. So where, where did this come from? Like, it just comes from, first of all, I mean, every one of his movies is the exact same thing to me. And... I just, not only did I dislike it, but then I dislike everybody in the entire planet jamming it down your throat. Like, it's the fucking, the Bible of funny. Have you... So, so including oh, I so agree with you. Have I you, so agree with you. Wait, Thanks. have you or Aaron seen the original Tenacious D uh, shows from HBO? Yes, and that's what I'm talking about. Oh, that okay. That funny, and I was kind of on the edge about that. But then, uh, everybody just jams it down your throat. Like, hey, did you see Jack Black in... Becoming Jesus, where he resurrects the dead. No, I must have missed that one. The only time I saw Jack Black and laughed was in Anchorman when he kicked his dog off the bridge. <laughs> what What about uh, some Nacho Libre though? Similar no. experience. Least least favorite movie of all time. I'd rather uh, watch Miley Cyrus's movie. Okay. Well, Ouch. Two different sides of the fence on Jack Black here. Oh, what yeah. about uh, Jack Black in the X Files? Because he was uh, that one dude sidekick, and that the bad dude. He was like an arcade owner. Anybody? I think I think the only time I liked him is in the Tenacious D movie. There was like two or three songs he sang that were amusing. Which one? Um, yeah. Sasquatch. The one in the beginning. The one Sasquatch. in the beginning. Video. Which one? I don't know. It was the one in the Sasquatch beginning with Dio. It was only because of Dio. Hmm. Oh, when uh, he gets grounded. Yeah, the Kickapoo. Uh, Kickapoo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Dio comes to life in the poster. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, well, sorry to hear that you don't like Jack Black. He's not for everyone, like I said to you on I Am. But, hey. Uh, 
let's go on to our next one. Um, well, final thoughts on Brutal Legend. If you like Jack Black, this one will make you laugh, and it's very entertaining, and I think it's going to be worth the money to, to buy it, or at least rent it. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm really, you know, once I get my Xbox back or when they, whenever they release the PS3 demo for the game, I'm definitely going to, you know, try it out. Fortunately, Brutal Legend was giving away uh, demo codes on Twitter like a few days before the demo was released on Xbox Live, and I was not able to snag one of those, which really sucked. We, we gave out two of those, too, to our readers. So they got to enjoy that. Next topic... Geek Squad overcharging on simple PC stuff. So, an image, a photo just came out, or an image screen cap, about Geek Squad charging $40 to install Snow Leopard the upgrade. So, Geek Squad is charging $40 for someone to put a disc in your Mac CD drive, and press install. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can I can beat I can beat this and actually come up with like, a very similar situation. It, it's so. it's getting too much now. I mean, go go ahead, Bill. Throw throw me what you got. Okay. About what, two and a half years ago, my old tower that I used to use before I got my doghouse was having problems overheating, shutting down, uh, video problems. And I thought it was the video card, but I wanted to make sure, so I thought, hey, I'll take it to these Geek Squad guys. They, you know, I guess they know what they're doing. So I take it to them. They charge me forty dollars to take the side off and to plug it in to their monitor and what? tell that the motherboard is messed up. I said, okay, that doesn't make any sense. But how much is that going to cost? They're like, well, you can buy the motherboard here for two hundred and fifty, and we'll install it for three hundred. I was like, okay, so $550 to get a new motherboard and get it installed. No thanks. And lo and behold, it turns out it was the video card. And so I asked for my money back for the 40 and they said, no, they can't prove that I didn't, it wasn't the motherboard and I didn't replace it myself. And they're just a bunch of scam artists in that place. Has anyone in here other than you used Geek Squad? That's what I want to know because that's going to lead into the point I'm about to make about this. I have never bothered because I've heard they just overcharge. Okay. Well, you have to understand that Geek Squad isn't for us. It's for old people who don't know how to put a disc into their you know, CD drive and hit install. And for, to them, doing that is the equivalent of summoning rain with some magical voodoo spell. So that's, that's why they overcharge. It's because they're, they're targeting people who have absolutely no idea how to use so their computer the, stuff. It's the dumb tax. Exactly. Oh. The dumb. We tax. don't need that. We we know how to do all that stuff ourselves. I mean, but like sometimes I feel, I feel like it's too much of a dumb tax. Like if, if uh, a reasonable price to me to install Snow Leopard to press upgrade on my mouse pad would be twenty bucks. 20 bucks, okay? Does At least make it uh, lower than the, uh, the retail price of the uh, operating system. Yeah, the operating si- system is 30 bucks for a single license, you know? And you're going to charge $10 extra 
on top of, I mean, $40 extra on top of that, I wouldn't mind if I didn't know what the hell I was doing, like, say, 20 bucks. Does that sound reasonable to everyone? Oh, Supply yeah. Supply and demand, baby. Supply and demand. <laughs> God. It, it's just ripping these people off, and you feel sorry for them, you know? You know what? Even even if I, let's say it was something uh, semi-complicated, like a Windows... Just something painless, painful, like a Windows wipe and reinstall. I'd pay twenty twenty bucks to do it for me, just just to deal with the pain in the ass for me. Absolutely, but they just they overcharge everything. Yeah, um, they're doing it at every place now. Um, Office Depot, Staples. Oh, Staples is the worst. I saw. I saw. Have you seen the prices over there at Staples, Andrew? Yeah, it was uh, 20 bucks to sync your Bluetooth headset to your cell phone. Yeah, I saw that ad. Ow. Wow, are you fucking kidding me? I- I'm not kidding you. I saw that and I started giggling now, when I... Now, see, see, the dumb tax is... Now, where is the line between the dumb tax being too much and the dumb tax being just right because people don't RTFA, read the fucking... I mean... RTFM, read the fucking manual. But that's the entire point. I mean, look at what look at every, the age range of everyone in here discussing this. I mean, we're discussing this because we understand that it's overpriced. The people who are clearly paying for it, which is why that aspect of their business exists in the first place, obviously think it's at least reasonable for them to go and, and have some random guy fix their computer. I so I mean we realize it's not, but you know, they probably don't. Well, yeah, see, I think that's it's the a thing. Lot I'm like, telling you, though, they don't even do it right. It, it wouldn't be an issue if, I don't, as much, I don't think, if they knew what they were doing and you were paying $40 for a quality service. If your install was going to be perfect, have all the right options checked nice. off, blah, blah, blah. But they don't know what they're doing there. They're clueless kids in high school that are touching your $2,000 machine. Oh, completely. It's definitely not right what they're doing, but at the same time, it's it's... It's like an unavoidable casualty of the fact that an entire generation of people has no idea how to approach electronics. That's it's going to lead into these kind of shady business practices, you know? It's going to take somebody like you going up to the counter for them to realize that they're morons, the Geek Squad guys, I mean. I think it's kind of like a convenience charge, much like you see at like a 7-Eleven or something. You know when you go in there and you want to buy like a box of Nilla wafers just because it's convenient? And the box ends up costing like seven bucks, even though the you know actual retail price is like three. It kind of reminds me of that, just like a convenience charge. That's exactly what it is. It's a hundred percent a convenience charge. Makes sense now, but it's just uh, what Bill's point about quality service. You know, um, it reminded me of this one undercover investigation that this local news channel did it was posted on YouTube um, they took the same computer to different geek squads and then at the end to an independent um, small mom-and-pop store and all it was was the hard drive power wasn't connected that's it and each geek squad said that it was a bad motherboard and they needed to replace it and then they got a quote from them and then yeah and then when they took it to the mom and pop store they saw oh your hard drive plug the power plug was you know unplugged so it's kind of kind of sucks how it's scammy oh, why they and... do that motherboard thing why my buddy actually 
actually went through with the whole thing. He was relaying it to me. And I thought it was funny because I had almost had it happen to me if I had to believe them. The reason they do the motherboard thing is so when they put the new motherboard in for you, they can now tell you, oh, your video card's not compatible with this motherboard. You're going to need a new video card too. Oh, they, yeah. They get you on all the other stuff because now they say, oh, this new motherboard you bought for 600 it's not compatible with anything. Oh, jeez. They're like car salesmen. Oh, they're worse. Like fucking the, oh, well, probably worse. Yeah, because, you know, at least with cars, most people know, you know, basics. With, like, computers, there are people who just don't know jack shit. And well, the th- yeah, and the thing about cars is you can, you know, there's agencies out there where you can go if you've been scammed by a mechanic and this and that. You can't, there's nothing like that for, for tech. There needs to you're, be. You're on your own. There needs and the to thing be. is, it's not like every single, I mean, come on, let's be honest. It's not like these guys, st- these high school kids behind the Geek Squad counter, like, understand and accept the fact that they're ripping people off. This is, it's the root of the issue isn't the ignorance of the Geek Squad folks. It's the ignorance of the people who are paying them money for their inferior service. That's, that's the reason it exists oh, it's in definitely, the first place. It's a two-part issue. But from what I understand from knowing people that work at Best Buy, the managers there are not high school kids. They know what's going on, and they approve of everything, and they have to sign off on everything. So they, yeah, you're right. It's definitely the ignorance, but they also definitely know they're ripping people off. Yeah. And that's just not right. Yeah. But do you do you think the average Best Buy manager? I mean, overall, like the average Best Buy manager understands the the technical aspects of what's being done to each machine and signs off on everything, knowing full well that they're screwing somebody. I mean, I don't know. I find that hard to believe. Oh, I think if the geek average Geek Squad manager doesn't know that, why are they hiring these people? Because your, there's money. That'd be like, that'd be like saying, "Hey, them. can you hold a wrench? Come work on these cars over here." Come work on someone's, you know, thirty thirty thousand dollar car because you can hold a wrench. But it's about repercussions when you're talking about business. Until somebody says this is inferior service, I want my money back, or I'm never coming back here again. That's what's going to motivate change. Otherwise, they're they are going to hire inferior people until someone motivates them to change their business practice. That's what I'm saying. It's the ignorance of the people who are using their service that's causing the service to be inferior. We don't use their service because we know better. That's that's precisely the issue. Oh. Oh. Tough issue, tough issue. Uh, but we gotta move on. You guys still there? Yes. Oh, okay, I thought I guys. Uh, oh I yeah. Watch you guys. All right. Yeah, like some, it's, it did sound like there was like kind of like disconnection. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, Halo ODST. It came out. Finally, the hype is over, and all the marketing stuff is done with. But I really love those um, live-action videos that Bloom Camp does. It just, you know, gets my eyes wet. Was it Bloom Camp, or because uh, I've been looking at I've been looking it up, and I like I can't find any information on him doing the new the ODST shorts. D- doesn't it look like he is? It kind of does, but at the same time, like I, I, I see, I heard, I heard somewhere else that it was another like production company or something that did these shorts. Well, there was only one for ODST. Or this short. I mean, there was well, there was a short version and a long version. Yeah, but they're both the same. It's just one had thirty seconds extra of yeah. yelling in the mud. You know. Yeah, but what I mean is like I, I heard that. Um, this was this was not Bloomcat. This is somebody. Well, whoever did did it just you know made me happy. 
Um, and then the game came out, and we found out it was four hours. So Andrew got to play it before me. Did anyone else get it? Pick it up? I didn't, because I'm not good at these games, and I try to avoid them. Aaron? I know that's bad, but uh, Aaron's, Aaron's on his way back. Hold on. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. And he's not back. And I know Raul's... Uh, sorry uh, about that. Oh, Aaron, did you pick up ODST? Uh, no, actually, um, since Aeon came out, I've kind of diverted away from console titles a bit. Right. Um, I actually haven't even played through Halo 3 yet, so uh, that's how far behind in that respect I am. I just got access to a 360 again for the first time in like two years, so... Ah, okay, alright. And I know Raul's... 360 still coming in, and his copy of ODST is just laughing in his face, like he said. Yes. Andrew. Yes. You completed ODST. Unfortunately, yes, I did. Ooh. <laughs> Give me your thoughts. I know you already you already posted your uh, review, right? Uh, no, that's actually to be uh, launching on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and post that Wednesday. But can you give us your thoughts before uh, before we? Um, I could just give you uh, different titles for the game. There is Oh No DST and oh. It Blow DST. Um, those are just, it just didn't seem like anything spectacular. It seemed like it should have been downloadable content. Oh yeah, you called uh, it... Uh, ODLC. ODLC. Downloadable content. Yes. Oh, it, ouch. Yeah, I kind of compare it to like those Fable Two downloads. Like they were far, it was far superior than those, but I felt the same way. Like in the sense that I spent like you know in the course of Fable Two it was like ten bucks for like an hour of gameplay, and here I'm you know you're supposed to spend sixty dollars for four hours of gameplay. So luckily Blockbuster got my uh, eight dollars instead. I do not have my 360 anymore, although my. F my friend Dan does, and he got ODST, and he said that it was actually shorter and less fulfilling than most of the Fallout 3 content packs that you get for $10. Ooh. Wow. See, this, and I'm not going to go on, on rent mode this week, I promise, but this is what I was talking about last week. They're expecting us to pay $60 for something that probably should have at most been $40. I mean, you get a four-hour campaign, and you get a firefight mode, and that's pretty much all the new stuff you get, except for three new maps in for the Halo 3 multiplayer, which comes packaged as a, as a separate disc. And essentially, if you play Halo 3 for multiplayer only, buying ODST makes your copy of Halo 3 pretty much useless. And if you've bought all the downloadable content, like maps, for Halo 3, you pretty much wasted your money on it because they already come packaged with the ODST Halo 3 disc. It's it, it could have been. Well, I, I talked to Andrew about this. It could have been something that maybe would have been like, you know, fifteen fifteen dollars for the uh, for the campaign, fifteen dollars for firefight, and then ten dollars for the map, and you got forty dollars right there. See, this is this is. I don't get where they get off charging you something like that for. There's less content in ODST than Warcraft puts out in their average content patch, which is free. Yeah, I was just about to actually ask you guys what you think about the whole concept of paid DLC to begin with. I'm I'm very cynical when it comes to that, but I think most people that play MMOs will be cynical because we get our content upgrades for free. 
I mean, but when you then, think about it, your $15 a month is not paying for content upgrades. It's paying for server reliability, stability, GM service, stuff like that. But then that's like a difference of like $50 a year for Xbox Live versus 15 bucks a month for uh, the average MMO. So I, I think it kind of averages itself out. I'm not a big – I don't love the DLC paying, but you know, every once in a while I don't mind shelling out for you know, a game that I really like. But most of it has been kind of rubbish. Hey, Bill, don't forget, your $15 a month is helping to pay for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. That's right, it's awesome shit. It's not the concept of DLC in and of itself that bothers me. I guess it's the fact that uh, it's it's all, again, based on, you know, we as the consumer are are willing to pay it. And uh, so many of these gaming companies are proving that they can't release polished products to begin with, minus the DLC, just the vanilla copies of their games. And the fact that they then release DLC content in many cases before they even fix the bugs, and we just still keep eating it up. It's uh, I think that's that's kind of going down a bad path. Like, I feel like it's reducing the quality of our games. I don't know what you guys think. Oh, absolutely! It's telling them they can get away with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Actually, it's kind of funny. I'm playing uh, Need for Speed Shift right now and doing the review for that. And I noticed in there that um, you didn't need to actually unlock money. You know, like in most of these games, you you know do the races and you get money to unlock you know parts for your car. Yeah. You can also spend your Microsoft game points on parts for your car. So you don't yeah, even need to play the game anymore. Yeah, it just seemed really lame. So yeah. the one with the most most money wins. Yep. That's how um, a lot of the a lot of MMOs are in Korea and stuff are based. The microtransaction model. Yep, yep, and it's. It, I hope it fails because I absolutely. Yeah, it, you know what? It is failing. It, it's failing in America because that's again the reason Warcraft is so successful because you pay your fifteen dollars a month and you're good to go. You're golden. You play. You have fun. You get free content upgrades every once in a while. There's no microtransactions like, hey, spend fifty dollars, buy this mount. Yeah, like, there, and there's there's other thing like you know especially with DLC I don't know if uh, anybody's played Soul Calibur but there was this whole hype about you know Yoda and Darth Vader being in Soul Calibur four and so Yoda was available I think on the Xbox. 360 version of it and then Darth Vader was on the PS3 version not long after that Namco was like okay now you can download Darth Vader for the Xbox 360 and you can download Yoda for the PS3. And I have a confession to make. I paid for that <laughs> shit right away. Well, I mean, that's something nice. it's okay to pay. I mean, Yoda, pay for Yoda, that's fine. I, I, Vader, I was like, oh, shit, I can't say no to Vader. If you would, he would just choke you. Yeah. Yeah. And listening to him in Japanese was also pretty amusing, too. That was worth the four <laughs> bucks. Wait, it was only four bucks? Wait, he yeah, it was like four- in Japanese? Yeah, again, I mean, it comes down to the quality. Like you said, you pay four bucks. I'll pay four bucks for Vader. But at the same time, I'll pay ten bucks for those Fallout expansions because those are super yeah, those polished, are super fun. Mm-hmm. Wait, Andrew? Yeah. Darth Vader spoken Japanese in Soul Calibur. I, I have a I have a beef with English dub mostly. So whenever I play like a Tecmo game or like a Namco game, I'm always like right in there in the sound options, like change everything to Japanese. Oh, cool. <laughs> so Yoda Yoda talks really funny, but Vader was pretty damn amusing too. I never heard uh, Vader speak in Japanese. I need to. I need to hear that whenever I go to your house the next time. Awesome. So I'm, I'm guessing you guys played primarily the Xbox version of Fallout. No, I have a PC. I only play PC games. 
Okay, yeah, see, I had huge problems with Fallout. I really loved uh, some of the concepts of the DLCs. I looked them up and read about them, and they looked really cool, but I just I couldn't bring myself to spend the money when the game would crash on my system like every 10 minutes. Yeah, so. I still have... I still have problems with it crashing, and I I don't know what it is. It was on my laptop. I figured, okay, my laptop's a piece of poo. But I put it on this fine new desktop I have, and I still get crashes every when I try to minimize or anything like that. The game is yeah, a fantastic the same problem with game. Oblivion. Whoa, whoa, what happened? Yeah, it is, fan- it is fantastic. Oh, I had uh, the same problems with Oblivion when I was playing that one, which is by the same people that did Fallout. So I had to hold like the A button down to clear the catch or something for the 360 yeah. play. Bethesda puts out like super super quality products, but they're a little bit buggy. I mean, Morrowind yeah. back on the on the regular Xbox was buggy for me. I think but it's because you know of the sheer vol- volume of content that they release yeah. with their games. It just makes it hard to get uh, much harder than normal to get all the bugs out. But that's the point to me, and I'll get to this later with my Iron review. I will put up with that in Fallout Three because of the just unrelenting quality of the game. I'll absolutely put up with it. I'll load it right back up as soon as it crashes and keep playing. Whereas, you know, again, I'll get to it with my end review. There's other games where I just can't tolerate the most minor bugs. All right, moving on to, well, final thoughts on ODST. Uh, for me, I bought it, and I'm slowly enjoying it because I never finished a Halo because uh, I just don't know why. I just... Never finished Halo. Oh, yeah. You gotta play yeah. Halo One, man. That's the, that's where it's at. Halo, Halo One is the shit. Halo. Oh shit. Okay, I will spend, spend four hours trying to get a warthog to the last level. I will. Oh, do that last level. My God. Oh, such a dream. But my girlfriend and I are really <laughs> enjoying ODST, and I mean, I guess we're in what the third level or something, and I don't know. Take it slow, since I know it's gonna be a short game, but. I know. I guess for everyone else, don't get ODST because it's not. Well, it 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 really boils down to how much of a Halo fan you are. Because I thought Halo Three sucked. I thought Halo Two sucked. But I continued playing them, hoping they were going to be like Halo One again. So if you love Halo, you'd probably enjoy ODST. But if you if you didn't, well, shit, you know, just stay away. Go rent it, you know. Yeah. Well, hey, with as short as it's going to be, it's going to be on GameStop and the U show in a couple couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. When you say you thought. Oh, you heard. I was gonna say when you say you thought they sucked, was it? Uh, or when you say that, are you thinking more of the multiplayer content that you have? Uh, in your no, head? I um, I loved Halo Two multiplayer, uh, but the storyline I was really bored towards the end, and I'm sick of the flood, honestly. And yeah, Halo Three, over same you. way. Yeah, they need gotcha. to just ditch that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. flood. Man. They, sh- they should have just stuck with the whole uh, covenant and humans. Yeah, that was fun. That was enjoyable, but once the floods started showing up, you're just like, oh god, this is just tiresome. Yeah, yeah everybody I know who, who plays Halo, whenever, like, you know, we'd, we'd be having fun, like, you know, playing against the Covenant, and then all of a sudden the flood shows up, and every, every like, just a collective sigh, fuck, they're back. Yeah. It's, it's, it's total bullshit. I mean, as somebody who enjoys Halo, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna enjoy ODST, but there's gonna, there's always gonna be that nagging little like voice in my head that's gonna be like, you paid sixty dollars for this bullshit. Yeah, well, ODST has no flood, so that was the only you know good thing about the game. But I don't know. All right, moving on to Raul's topic. He he saw the Cleveland show. I missed it. Uh, it's a spinoff of Family Guy 
go ahead, Raul. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, I mean, going into it, I wasn't really expecting it much. I was like, okay, this is going to be just black family guy. And, you know, it's going to recycle the same jokes, same concepts, blah, 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 blah. I was watching it, and I actually enjoyed it. I mean, I can't really, like, I mean, you know, it is it is a lot like Family Guy. I'm not going to lie about that. I mean, there's uh, there, there was definitely one of those moments where, like, you remember, I remember when I did this, and then they do the flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was, I mean, if you like Family Guy, if you like American Dad, um, I really think the Cleveland show might be something to check out. I mean, I'm... Right, like at first I was like, okay, this is this 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 show's just gonna die out, like you know, not long after it premieres. But right now I'm actually hoping that it stays on. I mean, I'm hoping you know the following episodes, you know, don't just fizzle out and just break into nothingness. But I mean, Cleveland, I think, was a very um, not popular character in in Family Guy. Like, I mean, he was okay, he wasn't bad, but you know, out of all the characters, everyone was like, why the fuck are you making a Cleveland show? Out of all the characters, every, as, most of the people I talked to were like, it has to be about Quagmire. You know, you, you have to make a show about Quagmire. Why the fuck are you making a show about Cleveland? Mm-hmm. But it works. I mean... Jamie and I saw the panel uh-huh. at uh, Comic-Con this summer. And both of us were really bored of it. We're, we really didn't like the jokes. It, like, it felt like they were trying too hard, and I think that's most of the reason why I didn't really want to watch it. Did anyone else here get to catch Cleveland Show or even care about it? Didn't care. I, I downloaded a preview on iTunes, and that was all I needed to see. And your thoughts, Andrew? Uh, it's just the same shit, just a new show. It's like American Dad was kind of the same thing. Just It just seems like they're just rehashing, 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 and... I don't know. It's kind of like with Halo. They just milk the franchise. Yep, like Resident Evil. <laughs> well, well, Resident Evil was awesome. Resident Evil Dollar puts signs. out good, good games. Dollar signs. Well, mostly good games. Well, I, we'll, do, we'll do the even better one, Silent Hill. I mean, 1 and yeah. 2 were phenomenal, but... Uh, Silent Hill 1 and 2 were great. So, Raul, um, was it mostly intended for, like, Family Guy, like, followers or... Uh, Huge Family Guy fans. That yeah, like it, I mean, like I said, it felt a lot like Family Guy. So I mean, like obviously, it's 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 aimed towards the same group of people. I mean, admittedly, I went in with very low expectations, so I wasn't disappointed on that front. I mean, now that I actually have a positive thought about that, who knows? I'm, I may come back next week, watch the second episode, and be like, "This is bullshit." But who knows? I mean, yeah, it is very Family Guy like. And if you like Family Guy, you might enjoy it, you might not. It all depends on, you know, what your perspective is about, you know, the Cleveland character. Alright, alright. Well, come back next week and let us know what you think, okay? Well, also, there were, there were a few, like, Cleveland did seem a little out of character in the show, and then for some reason his, his son is really fat now. Like, I remember earlier seasons his son was not fat, he was actually pretty thin. Hmm. Now he's this big-ass, fat-ass guy. So does he talk like Chris, or are they just rehashing the same character bases? Like, is it going to be Chris, essentially, and they're going to have to get a little Stewie character, or? It could, and there, there is this little, like, you know, little kid, um, but he's, he's definitely not like Stewie. Or he, or, I mean, you know, eventually my, people might, might start saying he's like a black Stewie, and I could see, I could see how that, that might, that thought might pop up. For the most part, he seems, he doesn't seem like Stewie character um 
Cleveland Sun doesn't seem a whole lot like Chris, but there are a few similarities in that, you know, sometimes, like, I don't know, it's just, it, 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 there are, I'm telling you, there, there are a, little, a lot of similarities. I mean, I, I was trying not to hate it, and I didn't end up hating it. Um, but yeah, I'm just repeating myself now, like, it's it's one of those things I think I need to I need to watch more before I can really make a decision on it. All right, uh, moving on to our last topic, we got about what? okay, good. This we got about fifteen minutes to talk about it. I know three people in this room have played Ion that recently launched. It was a big deal at PAX, and it was a big deal to a lot of people that flood the servers on the first day. So, I think I'll give this one to, uh, let's give this to one to Marie, since she hasn't been talking much. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so, so, Marie, uh, you know, give us a little intro about Ion, and uh, give us your thoughts on it. So you know what, I'm not necessarily the best person to give an introduction because I don't really know a lot about the lore about the game. I didn't really look it up that much. Um, this is my first MMO in quite a, quite a while. Last MMO I played, well, wait, that's not true. But um, last MMO that I really got dedicated to was WoW. And I quit that about two years ago. And this was the first time that I was going to play an MMO seriously and try to have fun with it. And uh, so far, I'm having fun. I mean, uh, uh, today I'm not because the server went down. And yes, there's queues uh, almost every night, every day, to try to get in. Like uh, that happened with WoW when they first launched. Yeah. Um, but I'm still enjoying the game. But I, you know what? There's nothing really s special about it. I don't yeah. see what's special about it yet. Maybe when I level up a little bit. What level I, are you? I, I'm level 14. I just leveled just before the podcast, just before the servers went down. Nice. Are you? I heard that you're able to fly. Like you grow wings at level yeah. eight. Level ten. Yes. Oh, ten. And um. Here, hold on. Let me give you a little background. Go for it, Bill. Okay. The goddess of this world, this planet, is was what Ion's named after. Ion's the main goddess of the planet. And she created a tower, and these guardians, these dragon people guardians eons and eons ago to protect the planet and she empowered humans with wings and they became angelic and i think eventually if i'm not mistaken what happened is one of the dragon the dragons turned evil uh the the, Dr the draconos or something the the balars they turned evil yeah and assassinated the goddess and thus pretty much making the planet explode so the planet exploded, and now there's two halves of the planet. It looks like it looks like a Tie Fighter's wings. That's the two shells of the planet. And on one side you have the Goods, basically, which are the Elysians, and the other side are the Asmodians, which are the evil people. And now you're those two factions, and you fight against each other and against the Balars. And I think that's pretty pretty rudimentary summary of what's going on here. Okay. Yeah. Well, the good versus evil thing is kind of ambiguous, actually. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like Warcraft in, with the Old Horde and Alliance. Yeah, like except the, good, the, the Elysians are the aggressors, actually, out of the two factions, which is the funny part, because, uh, you know, they're considered the good faction. You know, they're very angelic, like, like you were saying, and white, and their colors are bright, but 
ultimately they view the Asmodians as if they're subhumans and they they need to be wiped out and yeah, know, they they think really that, from what I got reading the quest, they think that they're doing them a favor by wiping them out because they think that they're diseased and stuff. You know, they they think they don't want to yeah. live like that. Exactly. Okay. So, so it's yeah, it's it's almost exactly like the horde alliance mechanic. The horde, you know, the as horde Asmodians, they just want to sit there and be themselves and and be who they are. And the other ones, the the quote unquote good guys, need to wipe this scourge off the planet because they look differently. Okay, so Marie's uh, Marie said that so far there's nothing special about it, and she doesn't understand why um, what people think why they think it's special. Uh, Aaron, since you're already level thirty, what do you think? Is there anything special about it, or is it something that you have to check out in the later levels or in the dungeons and stuff like that? Well, pre preliminarily, I just made up that word, by the way. Uh, awesome. There's no <laughs> there's nothing really special about the game, and I'll be completely honest with you. I I've been playing like a madman, and uh, right off the bat, I immediately started to grow distasteful of the game. Um, Korean uh, MMOs are notorious for their grind based uh, leveling system, and when I say grind based, I'm not talking like it takes you a long time to level. I'm talking about like there's four quests, they get you one-tenth of the way through your level and you end up having to go monotonously kill things over and over and over and over for the remainder, remaining 90% of your level. Um, so that aspect is, is very hard for a Western audience to embrace. I didn't like it. I was on the verge of quitting. And you know what? I was just like, oh, you know what? I'll just stick with it a little longer. Because I had kept hearing about how cool the Abyss was. And uh, once I hit 25, I went out there and I started to see what the game was. And I am a big PvP guy. I always have been and a very strong proponent of open, dynamic worlds where players have the ability to affect their environments. So when I saw that, that was that it had that Dark Age of Camelot sort of you know war zone where you could take over fortresses and you have group engagements and you know big mo epic monsters out there. It started to, the other half of the game basically opened up and I started to realize that there was a lot more to it than, than was apparent when, in the beginning. Okay, so it's on the earlier levels that it's just really hard to get over. The grind is pretty intense, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's very monotonous and um, it, it seems actually overall to be easier than pre-BC WoW. So if you're worried about like overall effort, it seems to be either on par with that or a little easier so far. But uh, there is, unlike in WoW, like I loved the fact that in WoW you just always had quests to do. So you there was always group activities and you were being led through the story and you 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 always had something to do. But in, in this game, the quest system is very very scaled down compared to a game like WoW, and you end up having to just do monotonous activities, gathering grinding, this kind of thing to get your level up. And and Western audiences aren't used to that, me being the prime example. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Bill, you, you gave us the lore. Now give us your thoughts. I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with Marie on this one. There's nothing that... When I played Warcraft for the first time, I guess it was because I played Warcraft 1, 2, 3, Expansions, Starcraft, Diablo... Right away, the lore sucked me in in Warcraft. The, the game felt special right off the bat. In original EverQuest, it was just the feel of being in your first MMO world. It was, and it was so um, 
so much adversity in EverQuest to overcome. It just was special. It's not like that here. It's it really like you said. It just feels like a grind. I'm just trying to get to the next level. Don't read the quests. Just get the few you can. And the problem I have with the grind is, like I said, I played EverQuest, so I know about the grind. I don't mind it, but I like doing it in groups, and there's not a lot of that here. It's just a lot of solo grinding, which is monotonous. In groups, it can get fun. You know, people do wacky shit. Fun stuff happens. But solo grinding is just, ugh, it's horrifying. Yeah, well, it's it's important to to make the distinction that solo grinding is the fastest way to level, uh, period, it is. But there are tons of group activities you can do. Like, it's just, the problem is they don't, not always, but they, they don't take you as far as solo grinding will, as far as the speed that you're leveling. So there's a lot of, in, in, uh, not instances, but like elite areas where you can get with groups and do stuff. So there's a oh, lot well, of that kind of stuff. Oh, let's not even uh, begin to talk about the crafting system. The AF crafting. What's AF mean? Away from oh. crafting, I guess they call it in this game. AFK and crafting. So you just... what you... you basically get a work order, go AFK while you make it for 10 minutes and come back and you've got skill points. Okay. It's very, like you said, very Korean. Very, um... Well, you can I, tell... I, I in guess Korea, that's how those cyber cafes make their money. Right. In Korea, they actually, their Ion subscription, their Lineage subscription, it's by the hour. It's not by the oh. month like we do it. So they pay by the hour, so obviously they want them to be AFK doing nothing and just playing more. Wow. That's terrible. Different worlds. But I understand where you're coming from because that's a pet peeve I have is AF crafting. But <laughs> when you, I, I, how does that compare to WoW in your mind? Because I don't, short of the fact that you can queue work orders. I don't really um, see much difference in WoW. I mean, well, the difference still- to me from WoW is that number one, I don't drop. I've on my uh, sorcerer is level fifteen. I took up some crafting. I spent all my money on it and within, and that's just to do basic level up crafting. I gathered forever. The gathering system in this game is horrifying. Um, it just doesn't feel as fun as you know chipping on a mining node and WoW and getting your ore out of it, or and like in EverQuest two, the same thing. You, chip away at a little piece of ore and you get your uh, stones out. You just walk up and you're you're sucking magic out of everything, which just feels very cheesy and, and crowbarred in. And then like I said, you go and you go AFK while you craft. So it seems like you guys, well for the most part, it doesn't seem like a really westernized game where the, you know, the Americans will, will like this type of game. Uh, are you guys going to st- stick through it in later levels and see what happens at the end of the rainbow? I'm definitely sticking through it to endgame just to see what that's like in the PvP, but I it's definitely, I can already tell you right now, it's not going to replace Warcraft for me. No way. Aaron? Uh, the, oh. My main pet peeves, I forgot to mention this before, I'm sorry. Uh, controls. They're just stupid. They, if you're casting a spell and you spin to the left or right, not move. If you spin, cancels your spell. If you're talking to someone, you spin a little bit, cancels all the attacks, and you got to start over. If I'm right-clicking to strafe, and then I left-click to move forward with both mouse buttons and take off the left-click, I'm not strafing anymore, which is a major issue when playing an assassin. 
Well, they're they're going to fix that stuff. They've already yeah. said that they're going to take care of a lot of those problems. Um, as far as this game not being ad- adopted by a Western audience, I I disagree with that. I mean, um, it's I don't think it's going to have a problem. I think this is probably one of the best MMOs to come out in several years, and uh, the leveling approach um, is different than what we're used to with World of Warcraft. But uh, this this whole concept of it not being different enough from WoW is A, it's just a fallacious concept to begin with, and, and B, there are a lot of aspects of the game that are different. Um, it, every MMO, WoW has set the standard. So every MMO that's deviated majorly from that standard, let's talk about Tabula Rasa, let's talk about uh, Vanguard. These MMOs have just fallen fallen flat on their faces. This game, the, the UI is almost exactly the same. A lot of the aspects of the game are like WoW. But that is too because that's that's what the status quo is now. See, as far as I, I've got to t- stop you on the UI. The UI is not like wow. You can't customize it hardly at all. The key binding system's terrible. You can't bind to your mouse wheel. If you have more than two extra mouse buttons, it it, it really is kind of buggy in the mouse binding. I wouldn't call the UI very wow similar. It's, it's not even close. Yeah, Other I, stuff, I yeah, you're right. Any different? To be honest with you, at all. I mean, maybe some subtle differences, but nothing major. Who's eating over there? I am. Oh, of course. Uh, well, see, here's the Who thing. Do you think? I, I think you're right. I think it will be well received for now, but it, it it's pretty much like Warhammer. It's it's a well received game to start, and people are kind of saying, "Oh, it's really buggy. It's really you know not what we're used to and what we like." We're going to give you some time, and Warhammer did not fix it in time, and they're dead now. They're they don't think they even have 50k subscribers anymore in Warhammer. So I think that's what this has. It's going to have like a three or four month window to get everything, all its stocks in a row. And if it doesn't, it'll just be another failed game. Could be. Um, I mean, it, it's very possible. No one can really predict that kind of thing. Um, the, the thing with Warhammer is Warhammer's client was not very stable. I played that from release till about several months in, and uh, there were a lot of uh, problems with that. And also the fact that uh, it didn't really offer anything new as far as gameplay. I mean, the P- it was more 2.0. PvP focused. Uh, well, uh, you could arguably say Aeon is Dark Age 2.0, but I mean, you can make all kinds of labels when it comes to that kind of thing for, for any game. I mean, this idea that WoW is unique, so this unique like prodigy of a game, I mean, WoW did nothing but take all of the best from every game that had preceded it, and every game that it comes after WoW is going to try and do the same, so it's well, it's just how it worked. To me, that's why it's a unique game, because it took everything before it, and took all the best aspects, and takes things that come after it. It took, like, the guild leveling system, and it stole it. And that's, to me, why it's unique and awesome. Because everybody else is afraid to do that. Everybody else wants to be different so badly that they just, you know, end up freaking out and falling on their face because they're trying to be different. Well, I hope that Bioware's Star Wars The Old Republic will be a little different, that it's not going to fall on its face. I have high hopes on that one. Ditto. Yeah, Mythic is now involved in that, which is bad news. Uh, Why? Mythic is the one that made Dark Ages Camelot, which never, I mean, it had a niche audience, never really reached uh, major success. And then they also are the ones who flopped Warhammer onto its face. I mean, how do you flop Warhammer? Warhammer is one of the best IPs of all time. 
and you flop it on its face. And now they're the guys that are directly invo- responsible for um, Warhammer and now have their hands in Star Wars. Mark Jacobs and all that crew. Scary. Yeah, but you, you say it. See, that's the thing. I, I There's so many, you know... Uh, negative ways you can go about saying that they flopped it on its face. Ever, almost every single MMO you can name other than WoW has quote-unquote flopped on its face, and almost every single MMO other than WoW has had a quote niche audience. But I mean, my point you, is, you, the other MMOs, EverQuest is not Warhammer. It doesn't have a predetermined audience. Like, how do you fail? The Warhammer audience is huge. They're, they're massive. You, you really have to do bad to flop. I disagree. That's just that's insinuates that people are going to play Warhammer simply because it's Warhammer. And I mean, there are people that want, are going to play Warhammer are going to play because it's an MMO and they like the concept behind the MMO. That's why so, we all started WoW because it was Warcraft. At least well, and, me and my friends, is we started it because it was Warcraft. We didn't know anything about the actual gameplay. Okay. So I, I, I just think that I, I'm really scared for Star Wars. I hope it does. I hope it's more Bioware than Mythic. Same here. Same here. I have high hopes for it, and I hope it's something different. And you know, like I said before in last in previous podcasts, I feel that it's going to be a Mass Effect on an MMO scale. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Um. We have to end of the show, and we're done with our topics for today. And, yeah, we are going overtime right now. We are on OT. So... It's time to slay the dragon. <laughs> yes, too. That's OT. <laughs> that is awesome. We can't, call, <laughs> we, we can't call this podcast Time to Slay the Dragon. Um, no, we can't. Can't call every week that, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, check out Epicode, Episode 7, Time to Slay the Dragon, so you understand what's going on with that joke. But uh, I want to thank my co-hosts, uh, Raul, who's here every week. Thank you so much. Thank you to Bill, who's here every week as well. And to our special co-hosts, who are also on our website, pixelategeek.com, Marie her husband, Aaron, and Andrew. Thanks so much, guys. And I think that's the end of the show. Anyone else got any cool. comments, questions? No? No, I'm good. Yeah. No, Aaron, I will say this. Ion is probably the best-looking MMO I've played to date. It's It looks gorgeous. I like the fighting. I love the animations. That's No one's got it touched on that level. 